are listening to the official podcast of the hardest working culture, the American Allegiance Podcast. This show was formed to give you what our education system fails you, real life lessons that we have experienced and battled with that you can learn from and apply. There are no ads, no sponsors, no bullshit. All we ask is that if you enjoyed an episode, share it with a hardworking friend. Let's fucking go. What's up, guys? This is the American Allegiance Podcast, home of the hardest working culture. I'm your host, Nick Welsh, and remember... We don't have problems, we just have more work to do. Today is February 20th, and it's been a couple weeks since we've been in the studio. It has. I am joined by my co-host here, Eric Big B Hines. Hines, what the fuck is up? It is 35 degrees, and we still haven't seen a single bit of snow, yet Texas is just deciding to take all the fucking snow that we want because... We can't get anything but rain here in Virginia Beach. Even Texas is outwintering Virginia. <laughs> it's outwintering why did like I, northern Why did states. I move to the most least winter place <laughs> out there right now? I'm loving it. You're absolutely hating it. I guess it's it. not the worst. It's like Florida is probably the least wintry place right now. Virginia is coming in cl- at a close number two. Yeah, without a doubt. It was a shitty week weather-wise here. Um, we had freezing rain What for what felt like... 14 straight days since we've done the last podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty much. There was one anomaly day where it was 62 and sunny, and then it continued to rain again. That's right. Right back at it. Yeah. Shit ton of crashes. Work's been busy. It made 75 hard interesting. It did. Getting those outdoor workouts is no joke. Had some wet outdoor workouts, mostly in the middle of the night for me. Yeah, long ass nights for you. Um, it's just been a good couple of weeks though outside of that. I think we're looking at the negative, but we had a lot of good things that transpired, uh, especially with American Allegiance. Yeah, for sure. Um, we haven't done a podcast in a couple of weeks, but not because we've been slacking or anything. It's been a busy week. We've had a lot going on. We had our quarterly meeting the first of the year last weekend, and uh, that went really well. It was awesome to have the entire team in town for the weekend, see everybody have a nice dinner, uh, send out some awards, and uh, just catch up on some goals and everything else that we had going on. I thought it went really well. So that was the reason why we didn't put out an episode last week. Um, And then this week, obviously, we had the Montana release. So we were kind of honed in on that, making sure everything went smooth. And uh, so that was the sole purpose. But it's good to be back. Yeah, and I think the biggest news out of at least the last week and a half is we inducted new team member Christopher Otto to the American Allegiance team. So he's a new leader on our team. Um, For those of you that entered into the athlete search at the tail end of 2020, we really appreciate all your submissions. Again, Nick and I were completely dumbfounded by how many submissions were put in, and there were a lot of really good applicants. Um, But we decided to go with Chris and... Honestly, we're really happy to have him on the team. We know a lot of you have been following him and his journey for a while prior to joining the team, and we're just really excited to have him. We know we're all going to be leveling up and really taking um, our game to the next level, both within the company and in our personal lives with him. So, Chris, welcome, and everybody, if you wouldn't mind reaching out to him and just give him a little congratulations. He's at Chris Otto, O-T-T-O on instagram yeah um it was awesome to have him inducted this past weekend and we've got a lot of cool content that we produced for the for the meeting that happened last week so you guys will see a video soon of that whole process and how we want to how we went about inducting him into the team and uh just bringing him on so i'm really excited the first one the first athlete search and you know, I hate, you know, every time I say it, I just hate the word athlete. I know. It's retired now, but we had to carry it on just because that's what we started with. Yeah. But they are leaders. Make no mistake. They're not just athletes. These are leaders. Yeah. I think the next one, the the next one that we do, we're, we're renaming it to the leader search or the team leader search. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's what, that's what we're going to go with moving forward. I just think athlete is such a generic term and it's too specific to fitness. And that's, 
you know, even though that's a part of what we're about, that doesn't encompass what we do and who we are. So we're leaders, we're athletes in itself, but that's not just what we search for. So we'll be changing that moving forward. Um, but it was an awesome weekend. I was really happy with the turnout. I'm really happy to show you guys what we put together and how we went about doing that. And, uh, yeah, it's just been a busy couple of weeks. So, um, we're back in the studio today. I don't really know what we're talking about today, but I'm sure we'll come full circle and give you guys a good message that you can take from and, and move forward with. Well, I'd like to start with talking about the Montana release and why we named it that way. I know Nick came on his story and gave a little spiel on it, but I want to talk a little bit more in depth because it's going to tie into visions and goal setting and planning the future for yourself and for your business um, which is kind of why we named this collection what we did. Um, and so if you're hearing this now on the Saturday that we recorded it, it, we released the Montana collection, which included a white hoodie and a black American allegiance beanie on Friday the 19th. And, um, basically the hoodie looks fucking awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, we have the original American allegiance logo, on the sleeve and then uh, draped across the front of the hoodie in black is the original American Allegiance mountain logo but enlarged and it's it's really detailed you know it was kind of hard to see on the original um, hats the leather patch hats that we released but we did have hoodies that had them on there and I think the white just really captures, you know, the winter feel and kind of what we wanted to accomplish with this release. But I'll let Nick give a little bit more on the meaning behind the naming of it and how that's appropriate to what we're trying to accomplish here with American Allegiance. Yeah, so last year we did uh, the first Mountain Hoodie release. Um where it was kind of generic. I didn't really know what I was doing, to be honest. And I knew that I love the mountains. I've always been a mountain guy. And I've had this vision of, you know, where I want to be originally, or not originally, but where I want to be long term is out there. And um, that I kind of wanted to tie that theme with American Allegiance because it's something that I envision um, kind of putting those two together, the company with my specific goal and the ultimate you know, the headquarter, the long-term, the whole uh, idea behind where I see American Allegiance going in the future. And um, this is something that I thought of back when I started American Allegiance. And I knew it was, you know, a, a stretch, but I wanted to start branding mountains with American Allegiance early on. And last year, I released the mountain hoodie. Um didn't really have any kind of specific theme to it other than it was a generic mountain logo that we had put on over the template or over the, the name American Allegiance. And I wanted to expand on that. Um, I'm a little bit more well-versed now in terms of creating design and creating logo and branding a specific logo to American Allegiance. So the second mountain design was the hat. And that logo that was on that patch is something that I wanted to actually trademark as a specific logo to American Allegiance as like an alternate logo. And I wanted everything to be consistent with that moving forward. So essentially with this hoodie that we released this week, I wanted to take that same logo and I wanted to apply it to the hoodie and everything moving forward that has like the mountain theme tied to American Allegiance. And the reason why, you know, mountains are important to me is uh, I have this long-term goal of going out to Montana. Uh, I, have the, I have a long-term goal of building my house out there with a specific, a, a log-themed uh, cabin that I kind of want to live in. And I've got an idea of a headquarters that are going to be, you know, in a spot where the only thing out there that is known to that place is American Allegiance. I don't want it tied to a big city where we're competing with a bunch of different companies that are known to have started out in that area. I want specifically the area that I'm going to, um, to be known for American Allegiance being the thing. And that's why I chose Montana. 
that uh, aside from a lot of other reasons, you know, the scenery is beautiful. It's ideally what I, where I see myself down the road, but it's really big for branding purposes. And when I put this design together and this theme of the mountains with American Allegiance, I kind of wanted to emphasize the importance of vision and how important that is when you're starting a business. Um, it's really important to see where you're going to be three to five years down the road. So I made a story this past week because I got a lot of questions on why we're calling it the Montana release and why I'm always posting Montana stuff on my story. Because guys, what you put out into the universe is what you're going to get in return. And I put the specific stuff that I feel is going to be who I am down the road right now. That's what I see myself doing. So when you see me post uh, a, a picture of a log cabin out in the mountains and it's all snowy and it's, you know, it's got like an eight car garage to it. And it's, you know, this huge place that all you could see is the house and the mountains in the backdrop. That's where I expect to be. So I, I think of myself in that place down the road and I put that out right now and I constantly have that conversation in my head and reiterate this vision to myself um, so that it stays fresh and it keeps me motivated. The stories that I put on my page are essentially just conversations that I have in my head that I always want in the forefront of my mind so that I never lose that train of thought, whether it's a car, a house, a location, something specific to the company, um, you know, a warehouse, a design, anything that I could picture that will tie to my future self. Uh, I put that out right now and I constantly look at it and I constantly remind myself the importance of it so that three to five years down the road, it's no surprise when that comes that that comes to fruition. And I think Eric can relate because he does the same thing with, with the Porsches on his page and some other things that he has specific visions to as well. But that's kind of where the idea came from behind the Montana collection and the branding aspect of mountains with American Allegiance. Yeah, you know, we talked about this a couple episodes ago as far as what posts and what content you consume on your Instagram is really a direct reflection in a lot of ways of your vision board and what you have for your future. What you're working on manifesting right here, right now in this moment for the future just like what Nick is saying, input equals output. What you're putting out in the universe is going to come back in return. That goes with work, that goes with what aspirations you have, what visions you have for yourself. And I think the biggest takeaway from Nick explaining the history and narrative behind us calling it the Montana Collection is both his personal and his brand vision are aligned. He talks about the house, he talks about the car, he talks about the mountains, but he also talks about headquarters. And the whole idea behind you know American Allegiance being known as the sole proprietor in that town, almost American Allegiance town, if you will, is not to say, well, we don't want any competition around us. It's more or less, they want, we wanna be known for the jobs that we supply, the opportunities that we give the how we give back to the community what our brand stands for as good hard-working individuals and all those things combined into one are completely succinct and aligned with not only our vision but for the vision of the people that are going to basically inhabit the space that we create um, or manifest if you will uh, i will say from my own personal experience um, and vision that I have for the future, it's very much aligned with Nick's. Not just because I'm so heavily vested and involved with American Allegiance, um, but just because I haven't started my own brand or my company yet. Um, believe me, I do have several ideas for stuff. Uh, I've always had a keen uh, liking towards the West and towards the mountains specifically. Growing up in South Florida, there really wasn't much of that at all. So when I moved out of that area and as I traveled throughout the Southeast and I uh, started uh, working and living in the Carolinas, I grew very fond of that environment um, and that headspace, just being out in the wilderness, 
being able to hike, enjoy the mountain breeze and the fresh air and the cold weather, all that stuff that I didn't get an opportunity to expose myself to in the area that I grew up in. And even though I moved away from that and I ended up going further up into the Midwest in Ohio, I always had a place of that in my heart and knew that I would eventually come back to an area like that and call it home. Now, for context, the mountains out west are very, very different, okay? You're talking like bunny slopes versus like true black diamonds, and that's just like a skiing or snowboarding analogy. But the wilderness and the vastness of the area out there and just it's so beautiful because it's the one part of the country that seems like it's untouched by civilization and that's another reason why is not necessarily we want to you know damage that or harm that in any way but we want to leave our blueprint um you know in a small town like that and really make a name for ourselves almost start from day from one again up. yeah from the ground up because that's in reality what serial entrepreneurs and just hard workers in general love more than anything is the grind we would throw it all away and start from square one um if it meant doing that as opposed to selling out the reason why nick's goals and american allegiance goals and visions are aligned is because it's not about the money it's it's about the passion it's about the drive it's about all the core values that american legion stands for because those are the same core values that nick stands for and so if you're chasing a dream because it's for financial gain specifically then you're not necessarily going to see the fruits of your labor as much as you want to because a lot of that stuff is associated with the short term and a lot of that stuff can and sometimes and a lot of times affect your moral compass depending upon what specifically it is but i think that's just kind of a great analogy on where nick and i are both aligned in our vision and why it's so important that both your personal and business goals are tailored to one another and and we essentially will throw it all away and start from the ground up when we make that transition out west because let's be honest we could do it the really easy way and have our audience and everything what we've built here in Virginia we could just take that and work with that but to me that's the easy way that's the easy way out and I look at Virginia Beach and I look at Hampton Roads and the area that we live in right now it already has a theme it's heavily invested by military it's um, you know it's beachy which that's not really what I'm going for. If I wanted a beach theme and I wanted a touristy theme, that's how I would have branded American Allegiance from the start. But that's not me. This this area really is not who I am. So I could easily just take the audience and, and all the support that I have right here, throw a headquarters in the middle of Virginia Beach or Hampton Roads and start there. But essentially what we're going to do is we're going to take everything that we've invested to and start fresh out west and build from square one from literally the ground up and build that shit and make a mark in a town that does not have that theme does not have any kind of attachment does not have any stigma attached to it culture and culture that's huge that's a huge word because that's essentially what i want to do i want to build a society of the hardest working culture of hardworking motherfuckers of people that are known to excel and do great things. And that's what I want my society to be. And not saying I can't do that here in Virginia, that's possible, but I want it from square one to be known as this is American Allegiance town. And this is what I want it to be and where I want it. And, you know, it just goes along with the picture in my head of, the mountains and the snow and the winter theme and the isolation and the grind, the people that are, you know, out when it's five degrees outside fucking working and shoveling snow and, you know, putting that message out in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. And that is what gets me going. That's what I love to see. And that's the vision that I constantly have in my head when I put that shit out on my stories 
and I brand American Allegiance with the mountains right now, even though I'm not living in a mountain town. So that's kind of the correlation that I'm going for. That's something that you guys will see in the future in the next couple years as we as we start to move forward with this. And guys, I think it's important to put this this out. This is why we started the podcast before we're at the level of success by the status quo. Because I kind of want you guys to understand where we're coming from in the process, like directly in the process. Because whether your goal is to start your own business or not, if you've got any any type of goal or aspiration in the future or you plan on moving or you plan on having a vacation home or something that you want to do in the next three to five years, but you don't exactly know how to formulate that plan, um, we put the information out that we're doing with American Allegiance to kind of give you guys the understanding that this is how we do it, this is how we uh, stay on course, this is the plan of action, this is the time frame that we're looking at getting that accomplished, and you know, it kind of gives you guys a, a schedule of some sort to follow for whatever your goals are, and I think that's important. I think not a lot of people do that to the until they've already reached success and people look back and they're like, how did he do it? Or how did she do it? And, you know, I want to document this as we're going along so that when we do hit that mark, you know, in 2025 or whatever it is, you guys will look back at 2021 and be like, well, yeah, he said he was going to do that. And by this year, sure enough, he fucking did it. And, you know, he said he was going here and that's what he did with it. And there will be no rhyme or reason or no argument for sake to say that we went off course or we didn't plan this in some aspect. I was trying to hold in a laugh while you were getting through the rest of your spiel because it was really good points. But I don't know, my brain's weird today. As soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you said this is with a pause i immediately had the song the story of a girl <laughs> cried a river and drowned the whole world and right. i was just like smiling the whole time you're like what the fuck i'm like talking motivational stuff and you you're just like sitting the there grinning <laughs> and then you were like this is how and i was like this is how we do <laughs> oh, oh well there's my comedic relief there but uh no, I mean Nick's exactly right. We're we're trying to document this process not just for our our own um, you know reflection in the future and see where we could have improved and done better along the road. Because yeah, we're gonna set goals for ourselves. Yeah, we're gonna crush them. We may have obstacles in our way and we have to adapt and take you know route B or C. But we're going to end up at our end goal at and you're gonna see that happen. But the documentation piece is also for you guys so that you're learning through, you know, our experience. You're vicariously working with us in the process. We're trying to share as much of the lessons learned and the stuff that we're going through now while we're very young in the game and in the tooth so that you guys can apply that stuff when you start your day one or shit, maybe you're ahead of us and you're just experiencing certain things um, that you see at any point in the game, you know, we want to be able to help in any way we can. And we're not experts. We're not, perf you know, necessarily professionals in any specific, um, you know, critique, but no, I could be doing it all wrong. I, I, I don't know the route, but what I do know is, you know, I have a plan. We have a plan as far as where we want to go with this. Yeah. And you, and you guys have to have a plan too. It's not, things don't just happen like you actually have to step by step figure out how you're going to get from point a to point b and then from point b to point c and eventually you are where you are but understand also guys that this is it's a that's a scary thought for me as well to put all that stuff out for you guys because it's it's scary for me to think that uh that's where i'm going to be in three years and you know, I know that there's a lot that has to go into the next three years to make that happen. And by me putting that publicly out to you guys, it's almost like a self-accountability thing. And it's like, okay, I said I was going to do this. There's a lot of people that know that that is my plan. So if I don't execute on that plan, um, it's kind of like, it's, it's embarrassing. So I think about that in my mind too. It's like a vulnerable spot to be in. 
And that's also the reason why I put it out, because I know that if I put it out and you guys listen to it, whether you think about it daily or not, you know, something will trigger down the road and be like, well, Nick said he was going to do this. And if he didn't, he failed. And that motivates me in itself because I don't like to see people. I don't like to know that people think that I fail or I don't like to think that people think that I fail. So that in itself is a reason why I put it out there in addition to being a learning point for you guys to kind of follow the track on whatever goals you have down the road. So, yeah, we could fail this entire time and it's going to be, you know, all right, this is what not to do, you know, because at the very least we're going to put that information out there and be transparent. But I think the best point that you brought up here is it's kind of going back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is, you know, input versus output. We did specify and mention that, yes, we put things like the Porsches that we want and the mountain houses that we want, like on our stories and, and the content that we follow on Instagram and also the stuff that we you know record in our journals and stuff like that. But that's all fine and dandy. It's not going to come true unless you work for it. Like that's the whole point of having a plan and a goal is you're working against stuff incrementally over periods of years in order to acquire that. You're not just going to manifest, you know, your beautiful wife by consistently posting like pictures of girls in bikinis on your story. It's just not going to happen. Okay. You have to be working on yourself. You need to be reading, you need to be meditating, you need to be going to the gym, you need to be doing all these things that whatever works for you, there's no set specific blueprint, but you need to be working towards that goal daily and consistently um, in order to acquire it. And that's kind of the bottom line. And this goes back to really off air what Nick and I were talking from a very general level is, you know, action versus words if you're not actually putting in the work and you get to that point in time where you're tested on your skill set and what you've done so far and the reps that you've put in, if you didn't put the work in, it's going to show. If you put the reps in and you worked your ass off consistently, even on the days that you didn't want to, and you're tested, it's going to show. Either way, you're going to see what happens and you're either going to be prepared or you're not. And even if you're not prepared, but you've been putting in the reps, you're going to have a way higher chance of success rate with accomplishing that goal or that obstacle than if you didn't put in any work at all or you didn't put in enough work. And yeah, that's subjective. You know, what is enough? It's it's whatever you set it to in your mind. But I'll tell you this, if you're not pushing yourself every single time, like even in the most uncomfortable moments, then you're not going to know what you're worth. There are times I sit back all the time, even along our journey in 75 hard, where I'm in the gym and I just got done with, you know, an hour workout in the gym and I'll look, you know, at my, um, app for my like heart rate monitor. And I'll also kind of just gauge how I felt through that workout and the pump that I got. And I'm like, man, I really just did not put in like all the effort that I could have. It felt like it in the moment, but I just really didn't put in the amount of effort that I truly could have outputted. And that's the stuff you got to be real with yourself at the end of the day. You got to look in the mirror and you got to be able to have that level of accountability and that, that vulnerability with yourself. Because if you don't have that with yourself, you're not going to have it with others. And that's kind of the bottom line. I mean put in the work <laughs> there's a there's a ton of execution that goes behind what we always say so like you know we talk about a lot of things but you guys don't actually see the work that we do and the little tasks that have to be done to make shit happen like let's just take the spontana release for example i mean all the little things that we didn't document behind the scenes to put the hoodie together the the color with the winter theme with the logo that I took from the hat to put on the front to combine it with the cross axe on the sleeve because 
we wanted to encompass American Allegiance, which is the work, which is the cross acts, with the mountains, which is the vision behind American Allegiance, with a winter timeline, because this wouldn't apply had we released it in the spring or the summer or anything else, just like anything else we do. It has to be aligned with the time and the season that's going on. So while all this, these little tasks are happening and all these little you know small wins that we're developing on on the course we have a deadline we have a certain amount of time to get this shit done before you know the weather turns warm essentially or before we hit that next holiday when we've got to do a release that lines up with the theme of that holiday so and then behind all that you've got the financial aspect of it which is also stressful in itself because you've got to budget yourself to prepare for the execution at the proper time and there's a lot of stressors that go into these little tiny things so when somebody asks me like nick why can't you just release crop tops nick you should release that nick let's do shaker ball like it's really easy to say that and sure it sounds easy on the forefront let's just release 19 different products it'd be fucking great and i wish that we could do that but there's a lot of work that goes into one product at a time at one specific time so for us to release just two, there's a lot of money, there's a lot of time, there's a lot of effort that goes into that. And, you know, that's hoping that we excel and we do successful on that one release so that we could bounce right into the next one and do that on, on time frame with what we want. So, and that's just for the releases, guys. There's so much more that goes into running the company that I continuously learn as this process goes on. Mm-hmm. Um with the team and building camaraderie and making sure morale is high and taking care of the people that really uh, grow this brand because the only reason this is growing is because of the amount of people that constantly come back and are consistent customers and support and wear the stuff and support us as people or else this would not grow. So you've got to take care of those people along the way and build those relationships. So it's a constantly learning process and I love it because it's a grind and it's something that is still new to me even almost three years into this journey now I'm constantly learning what's important and you know tipping the scale on where I need to prioritize certain things and where I don't but uh yeah it's 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 a crazy process and you know I'm here to answer any questions if you guys have any as far as that goes but just understand that there's a lot more behind the scenes and a lot more work that Eric's talking about behind what we actually talk about we talk about a lot of the shit once it's already been released and once you guys see the actual product in front of you but i mean the time and the effort and the little execution has to be on par constantly and juggling that with full-time jobs and every other thing else that we've got going on in our lives is a lot so if you guys are struggling and you're feeling like you know you're overwhelmed by all this stuff going on That's the same for us tenfold because we're trying to do this at a high level while also living with the typical, you know, struggles that people, people go through without having that, that extra business or that extra stress on their shoulders. Oh, the dichotomies of leadership. That's it. It's a great book. (laughs) Well, um, there is a lot of coordination and it would be one thing if we didn't have our full-time jobs, but then we wouldn't have money to invest into American Allegiance and give you guys the awesome releases that we put out there. But I kind of want to go even further in depth transparency wise and just give the people uh, a look in um, behind the scenes of what it takes just to coordinate one release a month, which is kind of pretty consistently what we've been doing with the exception of January. Um, so Nick talked about the design aspect, okay? There's a ton that goes into the design. Um, we juggle around with two to three, sometimes even four rough drafts. Um, that submission process of the draft that Nick and I agree to then gets submitted and we're usually bouncing back and forth for uh, some, sometimes as long as a week with the design firm. Um, And we have multiple vendors that we're dealing with, depending upon the piece of apparel and the material that we're working with, we are dealing with different vendors and sometimes multiple vendors. So we're relying on more people to complete action items and to give deliverables back to us in order for us to order the gear, okay? 
then you have the lead time of ordering the gear itself. So once we finalize the design, we finalize the quantity, the sizes, and everything's kosher, then we have you know a two to three week waiting period, okay? And not only do we give the release of the um, latest apparel to our leaders prior to, so that they're able to share it on the day of the release. But we also have a photo shoot or video shoot that we coordinate for every release, whether that's big behinds with his iPhone or <laughs> Caesar with his you know legit video setup like we did for the Cabernet collection. There's a lot that goes back into that. So by the time you're putting that two weeks on, then shipping out you know all of the um, apparel to the leaders, and then getting the photo shoot, video shoot, you're talking just in that, you're talking a month process. So within that month process that we're releasing that one piece of apparel, we're already coordinating the design process for the next fucking release, which is going to be complete by the time, is gonna be submitted by the time we release the apparel that we just completed. <laughs> so we're literally resetting the clock overlapped within each release. And that's just a, that, I mean, even that, I went into a little bit more detail than Nick, but that's still high level. I mean, there's a ton of shit that we have to deal with. Then you're talking events. You're talking fundraisers that we want to do, right? Last year, we honored Officer Dia, um, a fallen officer in, in Toledo, Ohio, and we killed it. We gave his, his um, uh, widowed wife, you know, like $1,500 um, for her to take care of her children with the loss of her husband. And, you know, this year we're going to do something awesome, too, just to that effect. And we've got a ton of great things down the pipeline, specifically because of the great suggestions and feedback that you guys have given us. But there has to be a level of give and take from you as well with the patients, because it is a huge financial burden for Nick and I. And it also is just a huge, um, you know, time consumer. I will say this um, for a fact that if we both weren't doing 75 hard, I think the business would slip because our level of oh, productivity yeah. is through the fucking roof. Well, remember what I I talked about or I touched on the first week that I started 75 hard and what I, I really wanted to work on while doing 75 hard or what I wanted to accomplish was improving my time management. Your time management has to be so, so on point to run a company. And this is why this this all ties together you guys have to work on yourself before you manifest your goals or what you want to do so if your goal is to start a company and you don't have that foundation let lay down you don't have the time management skills you don't have the communication skills you don't have the uh, customer service skills you don't have the design skills like these are all things that you could be practicing before you have your company or be, before you have whatever goal you plan to accomplish, but you have to work on that shit before that comes to play because when it's crunch time and it's the fourth quarter and people are asking you to release this shit and it's winter and you really want to drop a fucking winter hoodie, you really want to drop a white hoodie, you're like, God damn, I want to wear a fucking white mountain hoodie right now in the middle of the snow and shoot that badass video and put that video on Instagram because people are going to fucking love that shit. But you don't have the time management to hit that deadline so that people can wear it in the middle of winter. How do you expect to get anything done? And it's just like, that's just one example of all this stuff that we're juggling constantly to make sure that we get this on par but it's those little skills and 75R does a great job at helping you develop these little skills like time management and you know fortitude and the ability to endure these little struggles that you're going to go through over the course of building your company or achieving your goal or whatever it is. So it ties together. That's kind of the reason why we're doing this program right now. And it just constantly reiterates the, the practice and the practical aspect of getting this shit down to a T and it's really helped us with some of these releases. So when Eric talks about resetting the clock and we're constantly revolve, it's like a constant revolving door of putting this stuff out. We're designing St. Patty's day release right now. Mm -hmm. So that's ready to go while also worrying about, you know, the, the Montana collection and putting those orders out, making sure everybody gets their 
gets their stuff on time, yeah. while also taking requests for other things that people want to see in the summer. Because, I mean, time flies, and summer is right around the corner. We're planning events. We've got things that we want to do over the course of the summer. So it's it's juggling a lot of different thoughts at once, and it's stressful, but, you know, it's a learning process, and that's what I love. I just love the the how much is on my plate at once because I know that I'm going to develop those skills and become better as a person through this process. Speaking about coming in the clutch in the fourth quarter, I know you wanted to talk, touch TB12. on <laughs> Mr. Brady. Man, that dude, talk about a fucking top performer. That guy is on another level right now. I love that video um, that he that what was it save all the receipts save all the receipts fuck yeah where he basically had a montage of every sports announcer and commentator saying how how he was fucking washed up he's too old there's no chance in hell he's gonna lead tampa bay to anything blah 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 and the dude fucking crushed it he crushed it i mean we talked about starting fresh in montana right Mm -hmm. fucking from the ground up, this motherfucker goes from a franchise that he was with for almost 20 years, leaves all that shit at the door, goes to Tampa Bay, new area, new coaching staff, new teammates, new everything, new playbook, and what does he fucking do? He comes out here, he wins a Super Bowl, he crushes Mahomes, and, you know, I can't say enough about that guy. That that guy is on another level right now and you talk about the small wins that he has behind the doors and the execution behind the work he lets his work speak and then he gets his win and then he puts a video out like this after the win and he's you know wiping his hands of mm-hmm. everything that just happened scorched earth well Dude. if you if you're gonna be the uh, tom brady then i'll be your gronk <laughs> <laughs> there it is and we'll fucking dominate in montana that's the goal <laughs> I used to hate Tom Brady, too. Like, he used to drive me nuts. You're telling me I'm a fucking Dolphins fan. (laughs) I absolutely hated him and the Patriots. I mean, 2017, the Patriots beat my Jags, and, you know, I hated the Patriots as a whole. But as time progressed and I understood, like, what that mentality takes to succeed on that type of level, dude, you can't help but respect that dude's work ethic. And his and what he puts it it shows he's he's like a Jordan right now. It's a hundred percent mentality, dude. I used to hate Kobe Bryant too with a passion, and that the reason for that being was until my mindset shifted, is mm-hmm. when I realized the Bradys, the Bryants, the Jordans were that great because of their fucking minds and their work ethic and their leadership. Like, those are the guys that every single... Like, I love the stories of Brady in the gym. Mm -hmm. Same thing with, like, Jordan. Like, we're basically the guys at Tampa Bay. I I think it was at Tampa Bay. I think it was even at um, uh, New England when he first got drafted. Yeah. Do you remember that story? Yeah, when he first got drafted to New England. And he he was a sixth-round pick. So, no expectations, really. Brady comes in from day one and starts showing up at the gym at like 5 a.m. And he's the first one walking into the gym. And everybody's like, who the fuck is this guy? You know, the scrawny little white dude, no muscle mass, no anything. Fucking played for Michigan. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, to make it even worse. (laughs) Uh, He's showing up at 5 a.m. So all the other New England players start trying to beat him to the gym, showing them what they're about. So they start showing up at 4.30 well, Brady gets there at 4.15, and he catches on to this, and it gets all the way down to, like, 3.30 in the morning one day, and Rodney Harrison, who was a veteran safety at the time for New England, is walking into the gym at 3.30, and he's, as he's walking into the gym, Brady is just finishing up his workout, and he throws his towel at Rodney Harrison and says, have a good workout, bro, and leaves the door. <laughs> Finishing up his workout at three thirty. Oh, what a savage! Set the tone from day one as a sixth round pick, and this is before he even had the opportunity. Before he was even the starting quarterback of New England, Bledsoe was still the guy at this point. Mm-hmm. And it just so happened that Bledsoe down the road gets injured, has the knee injury, and 
you Brady know, Brady has his debut. He's got his opportunity, and uh, needless to say, never looked back. That guy was ready for that opportunity. He put the work Fucking in before hungry. it even happened, yeah, and was ready to go from that day. And the rest is history. So that's perspective, man. Yeah, dude wasn't even playing for anything, but he was the hardest worker in the room. And uh, that shit just motivates me. So I see that, and I'm like, that's the level that you need to be aiming for. Because if you're not aiming for that, you have to understand you're probably going to fall a little short than whatever you're aiming for. So you aim for that type of level of performance. Even if you're falling short, you're still you're still performing pretty fucking high. Yeah, that's why I really like Tim Grover's book, Relentless. Because I'm constantly putting myself in check. I know I'm in the closer category. But what can I do to differentiate myself from other closers and and even get to that level of cleaner that I want to in specific areas? Because I think um, in a lot of aspects, that work ethic and that drive and that mentality um, is something that comes from a very early age. Because like you think about like our journeys and like how our mindsets shifted like you know in our mid twenties, whereas I think like a Brady, a Jordan. Like those guys in their upbringings had a huge play and role with yeah. it as well, and that's why you see a lot of those greats. They had like a ton of struggle and things that they had to endure way before their careers even started, and it just kind of makes you think. So, in order to make up for shit like that, because if you guys aren't in that boat, like like myself, um, you got to create the struggle in the present, um, so that in the future you can look back and be like yeah you know if i didn't make myself like look like a complete little bitch there then i definitely wouldn't be like as hard and as uh you know open-minded and as ready to fucking go as i was you know today yeah they definitely had that competitive edge from a young age and you know that just built who they were today i never used to be like that really hard-nosed competitive person so i I had to build my struggle and that's what we've done. That's why we put all of this stuff on our plate right now that we struggle with and we get through because it builds those skills and it, and you get to hone in on your competitive edge and overcome those, those tasks. But yeah, you differentiate the closer from the cleaner aspect. You become a cleaner when it's not just about you. It's about affecting everybody around you and you have that influence when you walk in the room Everybody's like, holy fuck, Eric just walked in the room. I need to get on my game because this is how we operate now. And if you have that mentality and everybody is honed in on you to the point where you're affecting everybody in the room, that's a cleaner right now. And it's easy to do that for yourself. It's easy to be on that level of performance for yourself. But when you naturally affect everybody around you's performance because you bring that standard to the room and you bring that intensity and that energy everywhere you go to your workouts, to your tests, to your business, to your relationship, to your wife. Dude, that's just, that's cleaner mentality right there. And that's where you need to be to operate to really succeed. Well, before you make a name for yourself, you're going to look selfish. People are going to fucking hate you. Yeah, people are going to think you're an asshole. You're going to be Who's hated. This guy? You're going to be hated significantly in the beginning, but you're going to be loved in the end. And that's exactly what Nick and I, Nick's smiling, but that's what we took away from like the last dance with Jordan. I mean, those guys, every single one on the Bulls looked back and said, man, those championship years, like Michael was hard as fuck on us, but he brought us up to a level we never even imagined. And we would not have a single championship if it wasn't for his leadership and his just his no guts, no glory attitude. And that's the shit that's going to differentiate you from the rest. That's what's going to make you a cleaner is when you're establishing yourself, when you're putting in the work and you're trying to separate yourself from the pack, you need to focus on yourself. And a lot of times that doesn't mean, you know, become an asshole. You still have to have leadership mentality and skills applied, but you've got to learn to balance that dichotomy and a lot of it goes in the direction of just I'm going to crush everybody in my path until I get to the level that I'm that I'm comfortable with leaving from. And then I'm going to bring everybody up to my level and beyond. Yeah, that's one of my favorite quotes of that whole series is 
you've got to be willing to be hated in the moment to be loved in the long run. And when you change your mentality and you change who you are and you start bringing this intensity to every aspect of your life, people are not going to like that because they don't like change for one and they know you as one person and now you're this other person and they're like, who is this guy? This is not the person I grew up with and went to high school with and, you know, sat next to fucking in history class with. So understand that in the beginning, people are not going to like you. They're going to talk shit and it's going to be condescending and it's going to be unmotivating, but you have to learn to brush that shit off and keep moving forward because once you start to see a little bit of success and other people start to see you as successful, they're going to gravitate to you and you're going to have the right people gravitate you, not the people that have the average mentality and the people that have been dragging you down this entire time. You're going to naturally have high performers gravitate to you and then all of a sudden you're going to look around and you're going to have this team of like-minded people that have the same mission as you and want to accomplish these big things and now you're motivated. That's when you know you're on the right track and that is why I look around the people on my team right now and I'm like, damn, it took three years but now we have such a good group of people that are performing on such a high level that there's no doubt in my mind that everything that we want is going to happen in just a matter of time. And that's a good fucking feeling. We had to flush some people out to make this happen. And I had to lose a lot of relationships to make this happen. I had to deal with a lot of bullshit to make this happen. But now I'm finally seeing that the group around me and the people around me are the group that is going to get me and get all of us where we need to go. And furthermore, what's even more impactful than that in my mind is the leaders that we developed and built after that three-year mark, American Allegiance can completely go away. And we know with confidence that every single one of those individuals is not only better than they were yesterday or even three years ago, but they're going to go out in the world and they're going to make a huge impact in their own communities. And that's fucking powerful as shit, in my opinion. Guys, I want to take this opportunity towards the tail end of the podcast, do a little housekeeping. Um, this episode 13, you know, we're still young in the game and we really need all the support possible. And really the best way that we've grown this podcast is by word of mouth. You know, we don't run ads. You guys heard the intro, no ads, no sponsors, no bullshit. We just ask that you share this with a hardworking friend. And we really mean that because most of your your acquaintances and people in your life that you know aren't as hardworking as you, this stuff's not going to resonate with them. This is for hardworking individuals. And we truly believe that what we give on these podcasts is definitely worth more than the amount that we give it for, which is free. So please do us a favor. Share this with a friend. Share it on your Instagram story. It's going to help us tremendously. And we love to see it. We really love to see your feedback. And we love interacting with you guys. So please keep up the great work. Uh, We do have one question from a couple weeks ago. I believe this was probably around episode 11. But it ties into what we talked about today. So I'm going to bring it up. Um, Chris on Instagram at Chris underscore 775H asks... Why a Porsche? Of all the sports cars, what draws you to a Porsche specifically? And I think that applies to both of us because yeah. we're, we're that's that's our car, man. Fuck yeah, Porsche's number one. I have had a thing with Audis lately. Like, Audis killing the fucking SUV game right now. Yeah, and Audis going to be my daily commuter. <laughs> <laughs> not my supercar, but my yeah, daily commuter. Yeah, I'm not taking out the GT3 RS and the... No, you know. absolutely not, but... <laughs> Yeah, those Q8s, I want one of those. But why a Porsche? Um, So I've always been drawn to the look physically of the Porsches. I love the front ends of the Porsches because I think they're so distinctive to Porsche, whereas every other brand out there kind of just changes it up every decade or so. But Porsche has that very consistent look that when you look at it, you know immediately it's a Porsche. But um, I had a really good experience with Porsche about two years ago or so where I went into a Porsche dealership and I was kind of, this was back when I was first starting American Allegiance and I was starting to formulate goals and um, just wanted to get a hands-on experience with some of these goals, which 
We didn't touch on this at all, but this is a great point to make that I want to make before I move on to why I like Porsches is to actually get the firsthand experience with your goals. So if you want to, for instance, move to Montana and you see yourself living in Montana one day, take a trip out to Montana and really experience it firsthand and envision yourself in that environment. And the same thing with a vehicle. If you really want a vehicle, don't be afraid to go into that Maserati dealership and look at that car and maybe even take it for a test drive, but put yourself in that position and it's going to make it so much more, it's going to feel a lot more possible and not so far-fetched if you're actually in that car, in that environment. So essentially that's what I did. I went to this Porsche dealership two years ago um, with no intention of buying a Porsche. I'm not in the financial position to buy a Porsche right now, but um, yet... But I went to the, this Porsche dealership and uh, I met this salesman uh, named Gary and great dude. He was he saw me walk in. He knew I was a younger guy and he didn't even try to sell me a Porsche or anything. He just was asking about my life and what I what I did. And I really appreciated this conversation that I had with him because he was asking me what my goals were and you know what I wanted to do with my life and why Porsche interested me like we went we had a 30 minute conversation before we even actually looked at a Porsche this dude was not in it for the sale and it's so imp- this this teaches me a lot about customer service and how I relate to my customers and build those relationships but I remember this this interaction so vividly so after talking to this guy for about 30 minutes about what I had going on he basically reassures me that yeah, eventually you're going to have whatever you want on this dealership, but you shouldn't go for the top dog, which was the Porsche GT2 RS that I went in there to look at. He's like, start with something smaller. Start with this model right here. Get comfortable with that and put yourself in that position. And then he puts me in that position. He's like, dude, pick any of these cars out right here and I'll you know, we'll, we'll go it? for it a test a drive. Cayman, right? It was a Cayman 718. Hell yeah. It was a 2017 Cayman 718. This was 2019 when I did this. Right. And uh, pre-owned. Yeah, he throws me the keys and he's like, "You could drive stick, right?" I'm like, "Yeah, I could drive stick." He's like, "All right, let's fucking go." And uh, so I get in this Porsche. It's crystal clean. It's only got 2,000 miles on it. It was like literally just traded in by the owner. He's wow. like, "This is a great starter Porsche right here." Yeah. If I was to recommend a good starter Porsche for a Porsche GT2 RS, go with the 718 Cayman. It's got a similar body style, just a little bit less power, but it'll get you more comfortable in that environment and prepare you to drive that car the way you want to drive that car. So we go on this test drive, and you know I'm not expecting anything crazy. I'm thinking like a 10-minute test drive straight up 264 and back. This test drive was an hour plus long. So it just so happened that I think Joe Biden was in town or something, giving a speech or whatever. And so state police had basically every exit closed. So we get on the interstate and we can't get off the interstate like anywhere for fucking 10 miles or something like that. So we get stuck in traffic in the city and he's like, you know what? We got time. We're not going to get back to the dealership in any kind of reasonable time. So Let's just take it back on the interstate and fucking go. And you, you can really push the limits with this car. He's like, you're a cop, man. Do what you need to do. I got the match <laughs> on you, right? <laughs> so I pushed this car, you know, 100 plus on the interstate, 264. We damn near drove it all the way out to, God, we, we probably went out almost to Hampton holy and shit. came back. No way. And yeah, I put some miles on this car. Fuck I was like, yeah. holy shit, you didn't even pay for gas money? That's how much I fucking yeah. drove this wow. car. So this goes on for about an hour, and it was just an incredible experience because the entire time I'm telling this guy my story, he's telling me his story, he's telling me how he got involved in Porsche and what he drives and how he got his first Porsche, and it was just a very reassuring and realistic feeling so that when I walked out of that dealership, I was like, I could definitely see myself in that car soon, and I didn't feel sold. Like, you know, when you buy something and you just feel like somebody just sold it to you just for the sale, just for the purpose of that. Didn't feel like that at all. I had a great conversation, a great relationship with the dude. I still have the guy's number to this day. And uh, because of that, I've always told myself that 
I will go back and get a Porsche. And um, it's that's just, uh, dude, the, the power of a customer service experience and just one sale can make or break your business. So individually, when I'm selling American Allegiance stuff, I try to make it as personal as possible. That's why we do the thank you cards. That's why we do the home deliveries. That's why we build relationships with our customers and keep tabs on them and make sure that they're trying to accomplish their goals. And because of that, a lot of customers come back and we have the same customers consistently buying stuff from us, not because just the gear is great, but because we have relationships with them and now they support us. So that's a huge tip that you could have if you're looking to start your business or you're looking to enhance your customer service skills. But uh, just kind of a little backstory right there. I thought it was a great experience and one of the reasons that I'm drawn to Porsche. That's an awesome story. I'm definitely not going to be able to top it. Um, but I, I guess where my love for Porsche has come in is uh, from my dad and growing up. So my um, my liking and really what turned into an obsession uh, over that design is exactly what Nick said. It's just a timeless design. I mean, the original 911 Carrera is really not that far off from the 992 today. Mm -hmm. And that's the beauty of it. A lot of cars, even some supercars, they just changed little aspects here, maybe a little bit on the aerodynamics and the flashiness of the lights and this. But you're really looking at, you know, the same typical cars. Like, even a Tesla looks very much like a sedan or like a crossover, um, like all of its other competition. Whereas a Porsche, there really is no other car like it. I mean, when you see one, it's unmistakable. I think the only thing that looks somewhat like it from a front end aspect is maybe a Mini Cooper just because of like the similar uh, design engineers on that shit, even though it's uh, owned by BMW. But anyhow, uh, my father had owned a 1989 944 Turbo um, in white with blue leather interior. He kept it absolutely show ready. Uh, this thing was kept in a garage. It had under... Uh, 30,000 miles on it okay and it was a 30 year old car I think he sold it two years ago to a dealer or to a collector in Florida but he used to take me for rides all the time in it and opened it up in Florida and I just remember those experiences very keenly and I also remember the artwork that he had um, you know there was um, like hand drawn and painted designs of like the beauty of the 911 like you would have a red carrera and then you would have a naked woman's body with her back curled over the top of the car and i just remember those provocative images and i remember just how beautiful it was not only just in artwork but just as a car in general and that stuff s stayed you know impregnated in my mind um to where it became such a goal for me and then i know just about uh what probably like six or seven months ago nick and i went to a porsche dealership down here and if you guys want to know a little bit further into the history with it you can look on my instagram there's a, a lava orange G, uh, 2019 gt3 rs um, as one of my posts and it gives a little bit more context to my history and my liking towards porsche but um that was a really cool experience just seeing a supercar like that in you know in person, just on the showroom floor, not being able to take it for a test drive, of course, because, you know, I don't have uh, $300,000 to drop in case I crash it, but... Um, <laughs> or a badge. Yeah, or that's true. <laughs> but, um, you know, as the years go on, um, my love for specific Porsche designs is increasing, I never used to be a huge fan of the Cayman, and now like I love, I absolutely love the new redesigns of the GT4s. Um, you know, there's a lot to like about even the the new 992, um, and I'm just really excited for um, the future because I know that even when I go to get my dream Porsche, um, you know. 
three, four, five years down the road, um, it's not going to matter what year it is because even pre-owned, I'm going to be satisfied with the car that I'm getting for the money because it really just truly is a, like a dream machine. To yeah, me. it's so. just such it's got such tradition to it. Like you just think of Porsche and you think of the history and everything that goes along with that brand. They just branded that so well. But one last thing that I think of when I think of Porsche is just to kind of tie this back to a wintry theme is how well they handle in the snow. And if you know me, like you know I'm a winter guy. I like that environment. And typically when you see a sports car handling in the snow, it's a Porsche. And I've got all these like videos saved on my Instagram and everything of just Porsches drifting in the mountains, coming around these curbs and, you know, going right through the snow and that's just that's another vision that I have in my mind that I constantly reiterate and I constantly think about and uh, tying that all together. So I've got this certain image of house in the mountains, my Porsche, snowy backdrop, um, warehouse out there, and uh, my commuter being an Audi Q8. R- RSQ8. <laughs> RSQ8. Dude, that thing is sexy. Well, uh, I'll say one clever thing to Porsches. Uh, look up any car enthusiast slash collector and you won't find a single one of them that doesn't own at least one. Um, now, if, you, if you're talking really big league stuff, super rare and just absolute, like, a- absolutely gorgeous cars, I think of the 918 Spider, but those are like, I don't know. They're probably close to a mill now trying to get one of those in, in your hands. I know very few people that I follow on Instagram that own one of those. I know um, I don't even think Andy has one. I know I've he's never got seen it. I know he's got a GT three RS. Um Yeah. Acid green. Yeah, she's He's got the perfect color scheme and everything. Yeah, with the it. carbon fiber decals and everything. But anyway, I digress. Guys, um, thank you so much for listening to this episode. Uh, We appreciate all of your support. If you haven't yet bought a Montana collection, a piece of apparel, please do so. And go ahead and tag Nick and I and American Allegiance in your story. And we will gladly share your purchase and your experience and the hard work that you're going to put in in that awesome apparel. Thanks, guys. And we'll see you on the next one. See ya.